This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Football Friday podcast. As we hit week three in the National Football League, we talk about it all the time. It goes so fast. But week three, things start to settle down. The better teams start to emerge. You start to see patterns emerge. Teams start to settle down in their play. Offensive lines settle down. Special teams gets tighter because, let's be honest, none of these guys play in preseason anymore. And that is one of the biggest problems that they have. They just don't play in preseason anymore, and it kills the quality of the sport in the first two weeks. And that's why you get some crazy decisions sometimes in the first two weeks. But as always, the better teams emerge, and you've seen some of that already, especially in the NFC where Dallas, San Francisco, which beat the Giants last night to move to 3-0, and Philadelphia, although Philadelphia has not shown you yet that Hurts is comfortable with his new offensive coordinator and with the play calling and especially with the passing game. So you want to look at that as they play Monday night in the only battle of 2-0 teams this week, which is the what we'd have to call the surprising Bucks at 2-0 and the Eagles at 2-0. All right, it began last night with the Giants, 30-12 losers. Like we said, it was a weird game in that the Giants were in it and – we're going for a two-point conversion in the third quarter to make it 17-14, which means they're right in it. But let's be honest. They were really always playing on the fringes of that game. They never had the football. San Francisco controlled it for 67% of the game. They were dominated in the amount of plays. They were destroyed in total yardage. Uh, and the yards after catch from their big stars was just damning to the Giants last night. And the Giants gave up so many big plays on third down and so many big plays on third and long. Uh, Purdy was not accurate with the ball last night. He has not been accurate so far this year. And that's something to watch. They were very critical of him on the deep ball, but even on intermediate short passes, he was off. He was off significantly, as a matter of fact. And... He has to prove that he can still make quality throws. Now, they're not going to switch. They love him, okay? They love him. The team loves him. He's their guy. But he's got to prove that his throwing arm is ready and he's able to lift his game as we go forward, although they're already, as we said, 3-0. and All right, let's get to week three. As you know, there's always going to be a lot of injuries and, and quarterback changes and everything else that you expect. The Titans are one and one. They get the Browns at one and one. The Browns come off a devastating loss at Chubb. You know, it's it's sad to see a player that good go down. Rodgers goes down in week one. Chubb goes down uh, for the season. He has been a terrific back. He's been as good a back as there is in the league, as a matter of fact, the last couple of years. As productive as any back in the league. The Titans, they're not as good as they've been in the past. The Browns, 
very good on defense. They got to prove they can get this offense going. Now, remember, for these teams that need backs, Jonathan Taylor's out there. He's coming back in week five. Is he coming back as a Colt or is he coming back somewhere else in the league? Is he coming back as a Raven? Is he coming back with the Browns? Is he coming back somewhere else? Let's see what happens. He's going to come back. And is he going to be traded? I think more likely traded than stays with the Colts who are trying to develop a new way of doing things with Richardson, who was in the in the uh, concussion protocol this week. But they like what they see with Richardson. They want to build around him. And they may be looking to pick up some draft picks with Taylor. We'll see how that unfolds. Uh, the Falcons, 2-0, and with a big comeback last week against the Packers. You know, it's funny. Ritter doesn't look great at quarterback. He just doesn't lose. He wins games. He won games in Cincinnati. He wins games now. Brought him down the field. And they have a star in their first-round draft pick at running back. He is going to be a very, very big star. And he showed that in week two when he got one of the higher uh, rookie running back ratings in a long time. Uh, he is very good. They have weapons. Falcons, I told you, I, I like them as an over this year. I don't think they are great, but I think they're going to be in a lot of games. And if they get off the 3-0, and it would be a very big win. Now, the Lions... One and one, a disappointing. Let's be honest. The Lions should be zero two. If you, if it weren't for the drops, Kelsey didn't play, Jones didn't play, and all those drops in Week One, Lions lose to Kansas City. Then they come home and they give up a ton of points and lose to Seattle. I don't, I don't think the Lions are there defensively. I know they're going to score points, but I don't trust them defensively. I really don't. And I don't think they've become the team that a lot of people want them to be this year. Expectations are through the roof for the Lions. I don't think they're there yet. And I don't think they're there yet defensively at all. And last week's game was a good indication. Let's see what happens this week uh, against the 2-0 Falcons who have weapons and have one of the better offensive lines in the league. The Saints are 2-0. Again, they're a team that's going to be able to take advantage of a soft division, a softer schedule. They go play the, the one-on-one Packers. Packers have to be upset with the way they blew that game last week. They have injuries, a lot of injuries, as a matter of fact. We don't know about Aaron Jones yet this week. Um, the Saints have not clicked yet with Carr. They've looked okay they beat Carolina last week. You expect to beat the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, I think the Saints are good enough to win this game, but I would expect the Packers to bounce back. Denver coming off a crushing loss. They had a tough loss in week one. They have a 21-3 lead against Washington and blow the lead. We know that that was probably a pass interference on a two-point conversion after they got the Hail Mary. But you know what? The fact that they blew a 21-3 lead to Washington and were dominated by Washington in their building when they're supposed to be at least a quality defensive team. Give Sean Payton time to work on things with the offense. But they now go to play Miami. Only question here does Denver keep this game close. Can't see Miami winning. Now, one thing to worry about with Miami is they have the Bills next week. That is a game both teams are going to have circled on their schedule. Next week, it's the Bills at the Fish. 
That is a very, very big game in that division. Are they caught looking ahead? I doubt it. You know, it's funny. They did it with their passing game in week one. They did it with their running game in week two. Waddle's in the protocol. If Waddle's in the protocol, Denver, unless they have rocks in their head, are going to make sure Hill does not beat them. Go in, and I don't care what you have to do to defend them. I don't care if you have to tie guys to them. The bottom line is you cannot, if Waddle's not there, you cannot let Hill beat you. But Denver has not looked good at all. Now, if you want teams that haven't looked good at all, the 0-2 Chargers and the 0-2 Vikings. Now, think about it. One of these teams is going to be 0-3. I thought Minnesota was a classic under this year. Uh, basically, they won 11 games in one-score in one games last year, which is insanity. Never happens. So their return to the mean was going to be big this year. Plus, they lost a ton of players. Forget the, you know, the, the numbers stuff. They lost a ton of players. But they have passed the ball superbly in their first two games. The problem is they've turned the ball over all over the field. They've lost four fumbles. They've had a terrible time with turnovers. And it has cost them dearly. They're not good defensively. Now, you know the Chargers are going to move the ball? You know that Cousins to Jefferson, which right now is the number one connection in the sport, is going to move the football. This game looks like, you know, 31-30, 33-30, you know, uh, with, with a minute left and somebody's driving. I mean, that's the way this game looks. Uh, I don't trust either defense. The Chargers have given up tons of yardage. Um, Chargers are missing something. Now, Eckler, it sounds like he's going to come back. Uh, Vikings make the trade for the back. But you know what? It's not about their moving the football. They're going to move the football. They have a big-time passing attack. The question is, can they hold on to the football, and can they play any quality defense? That is the question for the Vikings. And this is a huge game because you open up 0-3, you're in a deep, deep hole, and one of these teams are headed there. The Pats are 0-2 for the first time since 2001. Was that year significant? Yeah, that 0-2 start launched a dynasty because – that led to the Bledsoe injury, the move to Brady, and the rest is history. First time since 2001, they're 0-2. They fought like heck in the Eagle game, but they made too many mistakes. They fought in the Miami game, again, made too many mistakes. Can they get any quality offense against the Jet defense? The weather's probably going to be bad. They are going to give Zach Wilson a hard time. They're going to give him a lot of looks he hasn't seen. They're going to give him a lot of coverages he doesn't know what he's looking at. He's going to have a hard time figuring things out. I expect the Jets to stay to their bread and butter. I expect whatever team gets a lead in this game tries to nurse it and nurse it and nurse it. And this is a very big game for the Jets. If the Jets think they can somehow go, Jets have to first prove that they can play with this quarterback and that they can win with this quarterback. You need a referendum on this quarterback. The New England defense is a perfect acid test for him. If he fails it, they have to go out and get a quarterback. I understand Rodgers' whispers about coming back and later this year and everything else. Hey, you take that with a grain of salt. If it happens, great, but you can't expect it, and you can't hope for it. 
and you can't rely on it. So the bottom line is they have to make, they have to be honest with themselves. And, and Salah better realize his record stinks. So while he's always talking about the quarterback and his future, like his future is not in, uh, in any way, you know, being judged. Well, you know what? His future is being judged. His record is getting worse with each bad week by Zach. And he better worry about his own future. And the bottom line is he has to be truthful to the rest of that team. He's got to go in that room and look that defense in the eye. And that defense needs to shut about how great they are because they were anything but great in Dallas. So they need to just play. Stop, you know, let other people tell you you're good. You don't need to tell everybody you're good. Just go out and play. If, you're, if you play to the level that you think you're going to play with your talk, then it'll show up. Stop acting like you have to, you know, billboard everything and promo everything. The guys who do that are, A, trying to convince themselves they're good. Because if you're good, you know you're good. And you don't need anybody to tell you. The Jet defense has quality. The running game has quality. Wilson's a terrific receiver, but they have no offensive line. And that means if they can't springboard that running game, they are dead because they can't move the football. If they try to do it with the quarterback first, they are going to fail. And they have got to make a decision on him and make it soon. And this game is a perfect referendum. It really is. A big-time referendum. And with what's, what's lying ahead in the weeks to come for the Jets, schedule-wise, they need this game. They really do. I know I mean, it's hard to see the Pats 0-3. It's hard to see Belichick standing on the sideline being 0-3. But you know what? It can, it can very well happen here. But the Pats are favored because of the quarterback situation. Bills got it together last week. They go to Washington. Remember, next week they go play the fish. Could get caught a little looking ahead. Washington is 2-0. They beat Arizona. You expect that. But Arizona looks a little better against the Giants, so you got to say that they're not as bad as everybody thought they were going in. I mean, we thought they were going to be just dreadful and have trouble moving the ball. They moved the ball great against the Giants until they stopped moving the ball at the end of the game. Um, Buffalo did better things, and they should be 2-0. The only reason Buffalo is not 2-0 is Josh Allen. If he had just not made the critical mistakes he made in the second half of that game, the way he was so so haphazard with the ball, they would have won that game. If he didn't throw the pick and then have the fumble, they would have won the game. I don't think there's any question in the world. Uh, I think they win this game. The question is, does Washington get it back to a cover or something like that? Could happen. Uh, Bills could get looking ahead. But the Bills, when they win, usually win going away. So I would expect them to hand 2-0 Washington. And 2-0 Washington, you know, it's a nice start. 3-0 would be a brilliant start, especially in a division where you've got Dallas and Philadelphia, who are going to chalk up big numbers this year. The Texans are 0-2. They are all beat up. Stroud hasn't played badly, and he hasn't turned the ball over. But they're 0-2. Jaguars are 1-1, and the head coach was highly critical of himself because he made a colossal, a colossal mistake in that game, an absolutely colossal mistake in that game. Before the half, he went for it at midfield, on fourth and five when he had a 3 nothing lead. He should have kicked the ball down the field and got out of there at the half at 3 nothing. Instead, he didn't, con- he didn't convert the fourth down, and the Chiefs came down and scored. 
That was a terrible blunder on his part, and they were not good in the red zone last week. Ridley almost had the connection that would have led to a two-point conversion try and see if they could tie the game up late. Uh, they did not protect their quarterback well. He didn't have a good game for him, so they need to bounce back. I'm sure you know, we expect them to do it against the Texans. Remember, the rookie quarterbacks, the only one who has won is Richardson against Stroud playing each other. Other than that, all the rookie quarterbacks have lost so far. Um, Colts, Ravens, Richardson is in the protocol. He might still play by Sunday. We don't know. So we'll wait and see. It's a different offense if he doesn't. Remember, he had two touchdown runs of 15 and 18 yards last week when he got knocked out of the game. They are very happy with what they've seen from him so far. They think they... Let's be honest. They think they hit the mother load with the quarterback. Now, we haven't seen enough yet, but we do know this guy's got scary physical talent. We do know that. We knew that going in. I mean, he showed it at the combines. But he has looked pretty good. He really has. And, but he's gotten knocked silly in both games. So he is big and strong. But you know what? He's not bigger and stronger than the defenders he faces on a down-to-down basis, and he can't take the kind of hits he's taken the first two weeks. He won't last a month. He has got to realize that there has to be some discretion in his valor. If there's not, he's going to wind up in the, in the concussion protocol on a weekly basis. Colts have to make a very quick decision on Taylor. There are people who want him. The question is, does somebody pay the Colts price? Panthers 0-2. We now find out that Bryce Young won't play this week with an ankle injury. He has not looked good so far. They don't have a lot of weapons on offense. They don't have a real good offensive line. Uh, they do have a stubborn defense. Seahawks, hey, Geno made some plays in week two. Seahawks were like a different team. They were awful in week one. And they bounced back, and they were really good in week two. Give that to Pete Carroll and his experience as a head coach. Uh, give it to Geno. Geno drove him when he had to. He drove him in overtime. He did what he had to do. Uh, so I think this is a very tough spot for the Panthers. Seahawks will get this game at home. They'll probably get to two and one. Then they get the Giants, who will be waiting for them on Monday night in 11 days. Giants get their rest now. And then they get the Seahawks in week four. Bears have looked awful. Uh, looked awful against the Packers, looked bad against the Bucks, and now they get the Chiefs. Okay? They can't stop the pass. The Chiefs, the Chiefs have a habit of playing down to their opponents and just doing enough to win the game, but always winning the game. Jones was the difference in the Jacksonville game. Kelsey need, needs a couple weeks to get himself going. The offense needs to get itself going. Tony's hurt now. You know, second week he played better, but now he's, he's hurt. Uh, they got to get Sky Moore in the offense. They did a little bit last week. Um, I think they work diligently on their passing game in this in the game. Uh, the Bears are a mess. They are an absolute mess. And even with the spread, it's hard to see this game staying close. But as you know, the Chiefs do have a habit of, you know, winning these games just under their big numbers. I mean, but uh, the Bears, they, they, they're going nowhere, going nowhere fast. And, you know, you're going to hear a lot. You know, before the season, we talked about it one time. People were talking about Fields as an MVP. I don't know what they were talking about. 
First of all, the team wasn't going to win anywhere near enough games. Secondly, what the heck were they talking about? And after two weeks, that's almost a, it's almost a laughable take that people actually thought of him as an MVP candidate. Can he make a big play with his legs? Yes. Does he make plays with his arms? Erratically. Is he an erratic quarterback? Very much so. And they are a mess right now as a team. Cowboys at Arizona, which means not only are the Cowboys on the road, but they bring basically the entire building with them. Uh, there were a lot of Giant fans in Arizona. There will be more Cowboy fans there. You will think the game's in Dallas. Dallas had a terrible loss with Diggs going down for the season. Uh, you know, their defense has looked sensational in the first two weeks. Uh, they can do whatever they want against Arizona. They're going to 3-0. Dallas is going to win a lot of games in the regular season. The question is, is this team ready to be that team that finally plays well for them in the postseason? You know, that's, we know they're going to the postseason. They have so much talent. But is Dak ready to take them to the promised land? Remains to be seen. Sunday night, Steelers and the Raiders. Steelers had a big win last week. Raiders, you know, it's puzzling. They look okay. They looked okay early in the Buffalo game. You don't expect them to go to Buffalo and win. Raiders can be dangerous. Steelers are up and down. Very hard game. You know, in the old days, if you go back in the old days, this was a, a, the most hated rivalry in the sport. But that's a long time ago. That's back in the days of Chuck Noll, before many of you were born. <laughs> but they, you know, when, I, when you see the matchup, you still think back to those days when, you know, they were just hated rivals. But that's a long time ago. Uh, Monday night, we have two games again. Eagles at 2-0. and As I told you, Eagles last week had a lot of trouble with the passing game. So what they said was, you know what? Let's just bash it with the running game. They did that. Behind that wonderful offensive line, behind the running game, Hurts doing what he's did. Then, of course, when the safeties start to walk up to support the run, boom, they'll get it deep. Whenever they showed uh, any kind of man coverage, boom, they went through the deep ball. Uh, you know, Smith has been catching it. Brown's been sulking a little bit. It's typical. Um, the Bucks are two and all. Give them credit, Evans is really doing a great job. Um, give Baker Mayfield credit for what he's done so far. Uh, if the Bucks won this game, it would shock the world. I don't expect them to win it, but they're 2-0 already, and no one expected that. They're playing competitive football. This will be a very hard test. And then the Rams and the Bengals, the big question is, what is going on in Cincinnati? Is it all the calf injury? Is that what's going on? Burrow to Chase is almost non-existent. If you had a fantasy league out there and you grabbed Chase in the first three players, as many people did, or in the first five players, you're saying, what the heck is going on here? Chase doesn't catch the ball anymore. He doesn't catch it ever. You know, what is going on? And it's true. Well, Burrow, the first week in Cleveland in the rain, couldn't throw the ball at all. And you figured, all right, they'll click in week two against Baltimore. They didn't look good again. And when he did throw the ball, it was going to, uh, to his other two wonderful receivers. It wasn't going to Chase. And Chase, you know, got targeted a little bit, a couple times in the end zone, didn't make the connection. 
His numbers through two weeks are scary bad. So are Burroughs. Burrow, we don't even know he's playing this week yet. We'll, we'll answer that question on Monday. He says the calf is bothering him. Is it going to bother him all season? You know, Cincinnati, I picked Cincy and Philly to go to the Super Bowl this year. I thought Philly would still be the most dangerous NFC team in the playoffs. And I thought that maybe this was going to be the year that since he was going to get over the hump. I like a lot of things about that team. One of them is they have the three best receivers on one team in the league. Secondly, their quarterback is one of the top players in the league. But he has not looked like that in the first two weeks. As a matter of fact, he's looked bad. You know, really bad. So maybe he needs a couple weeks off. But the question is, can they, are they going to get buried in the first month of the season in a crazy competitive division and facing a very, very tough neighborhood in the NFC, in the AFC when it comes to getting in the playoffs? In the NFC, it is weak after the big three. In the AFC, it is loaded, absolutely loaded. So since he can't, you know, they all been going to last year and had a great season. They can still have a great season. There's no panic yet, but what you don't like is the fact that Burrow says he's hurting. That's the problem. He doesn't say, I'm fine and we have no problems. Right now, he doesn't look good, and he clearly is having problems with the calf, so we'll wait and see. Now, I want to come back and quickly touch on college football because it is, I mean, here in the East tomorrow, it's going to be really bad weather. I mean, it's going to be one of those days where it's just going to pour all day. So forget golf, forget anything on a September Saturday. But it is a great college football day. Not a good one, a great one. I'll come back and talk about that right after. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Mike Francesa, Football Friday Podcast, brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Remember, download the Bet Rivers app for all of your wagering needs. It's got everything you need. It's easy to use, and they give you great deals. They have a lot of different ways to spend your entertainment dollar, have a lot of fun, plus play the same game parlays on the games where they give you the squares icon, and you get the squares, you get the Super Bowl box, and you can get one to three squares. If you connect, you could win up to $10,000 in bonus money. So, hey, it doesn't cost you a cent. Everybody seems to love those same – you guys seem to love those same-game parlays. They have become like the staple. You know, parlays have become like the king of this stuff since gambling has gotten crazy. And, you know, it seems to be what the average guy plays. And these same-game parlays have become very, very big. And, you know, they're imaginative. They come up with a lot of different ones, you know, in how a game's going to be played, you know, scoring – who's going to find the end zone, who's going to have a big game, etc. So there's a lot of interesting ways to attack it. And you can play the squares game, which is added excitement and a chance to pick up $10,000 without putting any extra money in the action. So the bottom line is, check it out. And the good folks at Bet Rivers, who are the exclusive sponsor of my Football Friday podcast and all my podcasts, as a matter of fact. So check it out and start it by downloading the Bet Rivers app. Now, I told you, it's a heck of a college football Saturday. It really is. I know everyone is Colorado crazy, and they want to see Colorado get the acid test. They will get it at Oregon. 
Colorado has really good skilled people. The quarterback's a lot better than anybody thought. Travis Hunter, who's hurt, is a really legitimate, you know, legitimate star player. They have wide receivers. What they don't have is they don't have linemen. They don't have the offensive linemen they need. They don't have the defensive linemen they need. Oregon does. This is a tough matchup, okay? I was surprised against TCU that they outscored them. I would be shocked if they did to Oregon. They have Oregon and USC the next two weeks. This is asking too much. If they do this, it would be absolutely stunning. But, you know, people want to watch because they've been very surprising, and it's been a great story. But there's two other games that really interest me. Florida State has reemerged. You know, they have been in the doldrums, as you know. They have reemerged. They have legitimate top five talent. They play Clemson. Clemson's not been the same the last couple of years. Can Clemson at home handle Florida State? Frankly, I don't think they can. Let's see if they can. You start with that, and then you finish. You got Colorado and Oregon. You got some other good games, and then you have the game that I am just going to be glued to. Ohio State, Notre Dame. I think Hartman has been a perfect fit. Left Wake Forest, now he's a grad student at Notre Dame, playing quarterback for the Irish. Irish have scored 40 points, averaged 40 points a game, first four games, only the first, second time in their history. But the thing is, Notre Dame, at any time in the last 15 years, has never been able to play with the big boys. They've never been able to play with the teams at the top, which means Ohio State, which means the big teams in the SEC, the top of the SEC. And those teams are the teams that comprise the play- football playoff. Now, the football playoff is going to expand next year. You know that, to 12 teams. Right now, it's still the way it is, and Notre Dame has not been able to play Alabama. They have not been able to play against Ohio State. They have not been able to play these teams. Of course, you put Georgia in that mix. LSU has been in that mix. And now they get a chance to prove they can play. And I think, from what I've seen, I think their offensive line has improved. I think they're bigger and stronger. I think they're more athletic. And I think with Hartman there, I think they can win this game. Now, I've been disappointed at times at Notre Dame there's a couple times where I've bought in and I was wrong. I think this year it's real. Let's see. Let's see if they can step up and beat Ohio State. That will be a big, big key, really big key for them. And for me, um, from that standpoint, uh, I think uh, that from that standpoint, I think it would set them up to be a major factor the rest of the way. This is a huge game for them. This is a huge hurdle for them. So I think they can make the jump, and I'll be there watching it tomorrow. It's going to be a classic game, so check it out. As I said, in the East, it's going to be pouring. I don't know about the rest of the country. We'll see how it happens. We'll catch you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.